Say Something. It's like a podcast, but it's a vodcast, so you can listen and watch. It's like news talk or sports talk, but it's life talk, so we can walk the road together. On today's show, Jennifer Dukes Lee, author and popular blogger, chats with us about control, our issue with it, and the freedom that comes with understanding life under it. But mm-hmm. what I'm learning is that surrender is not about surrendering effort. Mm-hmm. It is about surrendering outcomes. Mm, so I, that's I'd surrender, good. I surrender outcomes. God is still- Thanks for joining the conversation. Here we go. All right, welcome to yet another Say Something show. And here we are in the carpool line because I've totally like made Cynthia Yanoff come. She's with ChristianParenting.org, but also their super cool podcast called Pardon the Mess, which I love the title. And so this is my friend, Jennifer Dukes-Lee, who has a new book out and it's called Under Control. Let me just tell you, I love the title because it has so much in it. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like... I mean, and I'm guessing we're going to let, we're going to let Jennifer go to the reason why she wrote it and, um, how it can really help people, whether or not you have control issues or not, because the truth of the matter is we all do. Cause it's kind of one of those things that started in the garden. <laughs> and you know, Jennifer, I'm feeling so, um, out of control that I apparently have my seatbelt on in carpool. So I'm going to, I'm going to let that go. Okay, my kid's going to die because we're the first in the carpool line. We are, and I'm sitting here with my seatbelt on like something's going to okay. go down. Okay. All right, so Jennifer, let's start with why you felt compelled to write this book. Well, you know, if you would have asked me five years ago if I had struggled with com- control, I would have said I didn't as long as everything went exactly the way I wanted it to. Oh, I was yeah. entirely flexible so flexible but I think when I really began to notice it was after I had kids Mm -hmm. and um, I've always been kind of well not just kind of very much an achiever driven type a person who has felt like she needed to be the most responsible person in the room and even even as a kid even as a kid okay okay like in high school, I would have been the group leader for the project. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And people loved being in my group because they didn't have to do anything because I was taking control over everything. Yeah. And they would still get the A. And if I, you know, I would resent other people for not pulling their weight kind right. of a thing. Yeah. And so it just, it, it got to the point where with my own kids, um, as they started to get into their toddler years and even older, um, I realized how much I wanted to rescue them from pain. Mm. It wasn't because I wanted things my way. It was because I loved my kids so much and I wanted to protect them. And I was willing to do anything I could to protect them. And what occurred to Mm. me is that I was setting myself up to be their savior. Mm. Yeah. And it was like this God complex thing. And I thought they're going to grow up and struggle and they're going to think I need my mom. I need my mom, but I never wanted my kids to grow up and say, I need my mom. I want my kids to grow up and say, I need Jesus. Mm -hmm. I need Jesus to help me through this. And so that was, that was a critical thing for me. Another critical thing for me was just the amount of busyness in my life, how I have been a series of unstoppable yeses that people who were very insistent kept coming to me and putting more and more on my plate. And I never said no. 
And so that there are really, I think, two kinds of control that I was um, feeling like I needed, that I was needing to deal with and confront. The control that I wanted to have over people and things that I loved and the control over all the things that I felt responsible for. Furthermore, there's so many other things that I had tried to control. <laughs> Everything from what I put in my mouth to how much I weighed to what my face looked like to what you thought about me. I mean, it was pervasive when I really started to dig into it. Isn't that the worst? Like when you get on something and it's like, oh, you had no idea what was going to come. But then also the freedom that was going to come when you outed it. And yeah. so, do you know what I mean? Yeah. What were some of the ways, like, just thinking back for people like myself, like, that maybe think, well, I don't think I struggle with control. What were some of the things you were seeing with your kids that you were able to identify, like, oh, my gosh, I'm I'm really stepping in a lane where I'm trying to control them or the circumstances. What were some examples of that in your life that maybe would resonate mm -hmm. with the rest of us? Yeah, here's, here's one that's actually fairly recent. I told the story <laughs> in the book. Here in Iowa, you can start driving to school under a school permit when you're 14 years old. What? I know. <laughs> That's awesome. So we live in the country, and mm -hmm. our school is in the country about five miles away. So it's a sort mm -hmm. of a low-risk situation. Right. But um, it came time for me to let go of my child, and she gotten her permit she passed all the required driving tests and written tests mm -hmm. it was time to let her drive and so what I started to do was um, watch her on this GPS app on my phone uh -uh. find my friends it's called yes I have that <laughs> I have that <laughs> you can refresh it like every minute so I hit refresh refresh, uh -uh. refresh. And I'm sitting on the front step, and I and I could see, you know, she's made it all the way to school. And I told my friend Kathy about this situation. I'm like, if the if the dot moves too quickly, she's obviously in an ambulance. And if the dot stops, she's probably in the ditch. Yes. And Kathy says to me, oh, I can see how your careful observation of everything involving your daughter is preventing her from being in a car accident. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, what a great friend. Mm -hmm. All it's doing is like stressing me you out. out. Mm -hmm. yeah. And you know, there's other things. Like I think back to when Anna was, was a baby and I kept, I was, I had like an ardent devotion to charting all oh of the gosh! that came out of her little body. Like how many times what? did she Yes, move? yes. How many times did she pee? As if, you know, I mean, it's, it's <laughs> this weird balance because we're called to be responsible in parenting. Sure. And that's, that's the good part of control. That's the good part of who this book is for, is affirming the beautiful parts of a person who can manage a lot and is achieving great things mm -hmm. and actually keeping her kids alive. But the bad part is how much it drives us crazy. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and I know I've seen it in my life, the, the times where I've really started to take control in situations, then the anxiety gets higher. And I feel like, you know, I, I need to take care of this and that and the other, and I'm taking it away from the Lord. And I, I'm, I don't know if that's been your experience, but I see that with me. Like at what point do I have to step back and say, they're your kids, Lord. I trust you. Can we talk too for a second about, because even what you're talking about on the charting and stuff, that that's an expectation that is even brought to you from the hospital when you bring a child home. Mm -hmm. And so you have a culture and a society right now that is definitely a micromanagement mm -hmm. society. And so you live in this culture and that's what I'd love for you to talk about that, about exiting out of these pressures that quite frankly 
easily label you or have a propensity to label us as a good parent or a bad parent. Mm -hmm. Or someone that knows goes, yeah. And so it's almost like control is celebrated Mm -hmm. in society today. So how do you exit from that? Absolutely. I mean, our culture is built on this virtue of productivity and the idea of Mm self-sufficiency and anything that doesn't meet those two high standards is viewed Mm -hmm. as weakness. Oh, so true. Mm -hmm. We see such, you know, that weakness is not really seen like as a spiritual gift. And even though, you know, the whole thing with Jesus and and Mm -hmm. humility and all of that, and it just, it's so, we we buy into, into all of that culture. And so I think really what it comes down to is um, coming face to face with confronting the reality that God is not your employee to whom you come to every day with the list of demands and jobs. Mm-hmm. He is your CEO. He is the CEO of your life, of your parenting, of my ministry. I can't tell you how many times I've got, come to God in the morning and I'm like, these are my goals. This is what we want to accomplish today, right, Jesus? And these are the things that you are need to go. You're going to have to bless the following things in order for my goals to happen. Mm-hmm. And so messed up, yuck, yuck, yuck. I am in a position of having to constantly reevaluate and exit out of that. But I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know that I've made a clean break. Okay, mm-hmm. I, I don't know that that's fully happened for me. But mm-hmm. I'm finding freedom in yeah. this. Of learning the the words of John the Baptist, who in the first chapter of John, he says these words that become my mantra, I am not the Christ. Hmm, Those are words that I speak over myself many times per week. I am not the Christ. Hmm. I didn't, God's not looking for somebody to fill that job. He's doing it himself, and I think mm-hmm. I'm going to get to heaven someday and realize that God actually knew what he was doing. <laughs> and it almost that those words almost seem obvious, but then the way we run our lives and need to control, then we are really making ourselves God. So I love that, that you just keep saying that to yourself, that mm-hmm. I am not, I am not God. Yeah, and you talk in your book, too, about surrender, which is a big portion of what you're even speaking now. The surrender, and then the fine line... Because you use this hilarious illustration of a blueberry. Isn't it a blueberry? Or it's a grape. It's a grape. That we aren't grapes. <laughs> that yes. we actually don't just get to, get to sit on the on the vine. You actually do have to live, you know, in order to mature. Mm-hmm. And so therein lies this strange mm-hmm. dance and relationship with the doing and the surrendering with the grace aspect and the lack of performance. A- Stand by. What number are you? 48. 48. You'd think I'd have that down by now. Okay, should I stay here? No, go ahead and go. Go ahead and go. This is carpooling at its very best right here, sister. We were back to surrender. Okay, it was that fine line with surrender and yet, and, and grace, like, because grace is grace. It doesn't, grace doesn't mean performance, right. like performance ditched. However, we live in the world and we have to walk in the world and there is an action point. So mm-hmm. would you yes. like to speak on that? Yeah. So what I think I hear you saying is, and this is the way I'm taking it. Okay. I hope somebody, but when, when we are called to this place of surrender, yes. What I think happens a lot of times is that people equate surrender, well, you just need to take more naps and have more massages, mm-hmm. get one That's of the true. 
buddies and spend more time at the lake. Right. Right. A lot of people look at that kind of surrender and let go and let God and think, I can't do that. I've got a lot of things that I'm responsible mm-hmm. for. Right. You know, I got um, like 17, 18 year old children with like severe disabilities. I know people who have that are taking care of young kids and aging parents. Right. I know people that have two full time jobs. Like, what does it really look like to surrender when you've got bills to pay and mouths to feed? Yeah. And it's it's just unrealistic. And mm-hmm. and it doesn't feel good. To do nothing feels physically terrible, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. And so we really can't. Um, you know, surrender, I think, has gotten messed up in this whole do less thing. Like, yes. that's what, as if, it's, as if it's all related to self-care. But mm-hmm. what I'm learning is that surrender is not about surrendering effort mm-hmm. it is about surrendering outcomes mm, so that's surrender good out- I surrender outcomes god is still calling me to be the best mom i can be mm-hmm. he's calling me to this place of being the best ministry leader i can be the best author i can be the best friend i can be mm-hmm. but paired with the grace that you're speaking mm-hmm. of knowing that i am not the best but to give it my best mm-hmm. Yeah. And that I want, you know, I want take charge achieving people in Fortune 500 companies. I yeah. want Christian women like that, mm-hmm. that I can count on. I want those people who, you know, cut my dad's leg off in an amputation. I want yeah. like some control freak at the table with my dad to control the bleeding and, and mm-hmm. places where proper disinfectant matter like it's important for us to do our jobs well to the glory of god and to surrender outcomes i don't think it's either Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. i think we still have a job to do and and i think that because we're sweet we we mistrust our motives especially as christian women we mistrust our motives and think that if we're after success or after doing things well, then there must be something anti-gospel within us. Hmm. That we must be really have our motives all messed up. That ambition is always a bad thing. That results are always a bad thing. I think what God is calling us to is this place where we give it our all and give it over to the all in all and say, Lord, I, I partnered with you in this. I gave it the best that I could, but I know that the results are yours. I think we are called to excellence mm-hmm. more than anybody else. I, I used to teach um, journalism at a Christian college near here, and I told those kids all the time, don't just go find a Christian publication to work for. We need good news reporters in uh, newspapers mm-hmm. that are secular newspapers covering the day-to-day news of communities and of city halls and of the state capitol and of the White House. We need Christians who are willing to work hard in those places. So I think it's really important as we consider our life vocationally about what it means to not surrender effort, but to surrender outcomes. I love that. I love that too, because if you surrender the outcome, then you don't get to define what the success is. And I think for a lot of us, we're always trying to define the success or determine this is what's going to mean I did it well or whatever. But if we just do our all, like you're talking about, do our all that we're called to do in our lane, the best that the Lord's equipped us to do it, and then let him define outcomes and that defines success. That's that Boy, that takes a lot of pressure off 
off of yourself. Well, and it, it bumps head on with control. Yeah. Because the numbers and the measurements are like the best friends of a control person. <laughs> yeah. Amen and amen. You know, mm -hmm. it's like to be able to let those exist, but not have them define your identity or worth, I think is, 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 is a lot of what Jennifer's talking about. So like if my kid poops and pees properly, then I'm a good mom. Right. If my kid does not get in an accident and I carefully watch her all the way to school on Find My Friends, then I am a good mom. Mm -hmm. If I make sure that my kid gets all A's and B's on her report card, then I am a good mom. Mm -hmm. So many benchmarks. But Jesus does not operate by the benchmarks and the metrics. He does not. Yeah. Okay, Jennifer, what's been your favorite for you personally? The part that you sit there and go, this, is, this has to be... I know you love it all or you wouldn't have spent so much time writing about it. And I know that it's, it is very much laid upon your heart. And so thank you for, for going through the effort of writing it because I know it's hard. And, um, but as you said, for you personally, like what's the, you know, what's your takeaway? Well, I think for sure it is this, this thing I already mentioned about what surrender really is because mm -hmm. I never wanted women to read this book and feel like they were people to be fixed. I, I wanted them to read this book and feel like maybe just some of their gifts need to be rechanneled and mm -hmm. that God was walking with them and helping them make choices. And it, it would kill me to think that somebody felt like they had to, you know, quit something that was changing the world on account of having read my book. Mm -hmm. So I really wanted to equip them and affirm the good qualities within them while also pointing out those areas where maybe we need to work. So I, I think that's one thing. I, I think I fairly well covered that, so I won't talk about that too much more. The other thing for me has been um, this piece of busyness. And um, I came up with a technique, practical way to help mm -hmm. with busyness. Gosh, that you're bringing that up. Really yeah. It's called do delegate dismiss we were gonna ask you about that yes. I'm so glad you we were, said it we were talking about that we're gonna delegate everything I think we've decided well, <laughs> I want to hear the do delegate dismiss and Jennifer's great about having helpful tips that stick in your head so oh tell us let's hear about it and so of course I have flow charts <laughs> oh yes because any Book written by oh my gosh. an overachiever controls. <laughs> you got a you got a PowerPoint you're about to pull out on us. <laughs> I I appreciate flowcharts. I don't really I don't they don't go in my head. So <laughs> I need I need you I need you. So give me the three D's. <laughs> Help okay, so me. Who are those things that either are essential or that you actually enjoy? Those okay. are the things you're going to do. Essential do. and joy. Essential and enjoy. Yeah. So okay. Things that you delegate are are clearly the things that you're going to have to either ask someone to help you with, mm -hmm. or that you are going to have to look deep into your finances and figure out how you're going to have to hire them done. Yeah. Okay. And which is difficult. We can come back to why that's so hard in a moment. But first, this this last one is dismissed. These are just simply the things that need to be taken off of your plate. Maybe they've been there out of a sense of duty and obligation. Maybe it's because you haven't learned the fine art of saying no. Maybe it's because you fear if I won't do it, who will? And you're all you know, those messages. Be afraid mm -hmm. of disappointing yeah. people. Like I can't handle the idea of disappointing anybody. Mm -hmm. But um, I help people learn how to 
gracefully disappoint people and just, you know, deal mm-hmm. with the fact that you're going to disappoint people. Right. I got the chance to interview Bob Goff like a couple weeks ago, and I love what he was saying about how every Thursday he gets rid of something. He quits something because he says all these things that have accumulated in his life over the years, he realized one day he's like, half the things I'm doing, they're taking all my time are things that I've outgrown or they've outgrown me or whatever. So he said, every Thursday I give up something. And I was thinking too, I was talking to my husband, I'm like, you... Good thing we have a solid marriage. I'd hate to give you up on Thursday. We, That's we laughed about, but yeah, it reminded me of that. He gives up something every Thursday. So that, and I love that you brought out the reasons why we don't. And so it's like mm-hmm. calling it out, which I know you go into further detail about in the book. And um, but but going back to the do the second one, the delegate. do the delegate. What's our problem with delegating? We don't want to ask for help it's for a couple reasons. Mm-hmm. We have been become so accustomed to be the helper that it's difficult to be the helped yeah. and be in a position where the, there's a power shift mm-hmm. where we rely on other people. Another yeah. reason we don't ask for help is we're afraid it won't get done right. Yeah, in parent yeah. in parenting generally, I remember going through the stage for years with two of my three that I'll just unload the dishwasher because they don't do it right. Now I'm like, who cares? I know. It's like let Throw it go it out there, people. Throw it out the window. But yeah. And sometimes people will come up with more creative means of doing things, or even maybe better ways. Isn't of doing that the truth? Mm-hmm. And you know, like for me, it's like if Grandma wants to take the kids and she gives them ice cream for breakfast, mm-hmm. just deal with it she's is she's helping you and she's creating a memory with her grandkids yeah. just look mm-hmm. like that the hard part is when people really do mess things up I had something happen um, here in the last week uh, related to my ministry where I, re- I relied on somebody to help me handle a very big project and they really dropped the ball I had put into practice oh, in my life and they really dropped the ball and it was then it was my reputation it's like I had to kind of go around and fix all that and it was a learning mm-hmm. opportunity for them and that's what I'm trying to remember through all of that but it's hard it makes it hard to want to delegate again because then mm-hmm. you just want to throw your mm-hmm. hands in the air and say see God this is why I got to do it all all the time mm-hmm. yeah and of all the times like probably the worst time for yeah. you just on yeah. your calendar so well I'm delegating I like there for me to learn someday I will know I'm why sure. that all happened. I'm sure. Well, I also like in delegating, it kind of requires you to assess periodically what you're not good at, what you need to delegate. There's some things that like, I just, like I need to delegate my kids math homework to my husband. Like that's just not my thing. <laughs> so, and I know we're talking deeper issues than math homework, but there, it does force you to assess sometimes like this is not my wheelhouse. So let me go where the Lord can use me at my best and, and let the, let the other ones go or delegate or dismiss. Mm-hmm. That is so good. You know, another one that's maybe seems little, but it seemed like a really big deal to me was um, when I was actually writing my second book, The Happiness Dare. Mm-hmm. At that time in my life, it was clear that I wasn't able to like take care of the house in the way that I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And I started to hire uh, a house cleaner to come in every few weeks to help out with the bigger, deeper stuff. And I can't tell you how much shame and guilt I had over that. <gasps> Why? Because... Um, number one, I, you know, I used it as an example and, you know, some people say, well, I can't afford that. Right. Well, I had to look around in my finances too and figure out what can I, what can I let go of and delegate right. so I can be the best me and yep. do the best you. But another thing is, is that the shame, some of the shame wasn't from external people. It was internal. Mm. 
if other women can do this without having to delegate it, why can't I? There's women out there who have full-time jobs just like I do and Mm -hmm. have twice as many kids and a bigger house and bake and do all of these things. And why can they do it? And I can't. So I had to get over that. That small problem of comparison. Do you know anything about that? I don't know. (laughs) Mm. I've read a book about that. That was really good written by someone about comparison. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Jennifer, what else? We we know, we, first of all, we're so grateful mm. for you spending some time with us. Is there anything, any nugget that you would like to leave us with? Oh, man. So many things. What do I, I say? Know. I mean, just a little encouragement for these gals because it's nice to not be alone in it. And I think mm-hmm. that's one of the biggest things. You are not alone because it's like, ask somebody next to you, do you feel this? And it's like, yes, mm-hmm. I do. So, um... I think maybe a nugget that I would leave, something that just came to mind, is there's a piece in the book that addresses obedience, and that's oh, such yeah. a part of control. Because when we um, stop treating like stop treating God like an employee and let Him actually be the CEO of our lives, He's going to ask us to do things that we're really uncomfortable with. And surrender looks a lot like obedience. Yep doing sometimes really hard things and knowing that we might not see the fruit of that obedience in this lifetime. No, and it sounds like a scary word, but there's actually freedom in that too. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it's a good one. More food for thought and and very much a to be continued. Yes. (laughs) So you've given us lots to think about. You guys are awesome. Thank you. Well, We're on to the rest of our day with a little kid getting in the car. So thank you so much. And you guys, be sure to like go say something kind and encouraging to the people walking alongside because yet another issue that we know we all struggle with. And part of the freedom is like doing it together and encouraging each other. So thank you, Jennifer. Thanks, Jennifer. Until next time. Bye. 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 Thanks again for joining the conversation. We love hanging out with you guys. Want to stay connected? Like or follow us on Facebook. Subscribe to our YouTube channel or follow us on Instagram. See you next time on Say Something.